Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news and joining me for such a task. The man who puts the mark in Unremarkable. It's Mark Searby. <laughs> You're about right there. You're about right. Hello. Hello. Good How afternoon. I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Yes. Um, yes. Good More home. films to do this week. Uh, a bumper crop. Um, one that, yes. uh, well, I mean, let's start with this one, which I think you and I could could both probably enjoy. I know, obviously, we have said in the past, you're not a fan of horror films, and I get that. It's no problem. Yes, That's as long fine. as the cushion is big enough and I can't hear it. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think this first film we're going to be talking about, Freaky, um, could be me and you. Me and you could body swap, couldn't we? Like we could. And, could and be a laugh. You could be the, the the serial killer that could help your aversion to <laughs> horror movies. In that, if you were living in one, you'd be okay. Um, so it could yeah. be us. It could be. I think I am, mate. There we go. Well, that's, that's living a in a horror worrying. film. That's a bit worrying. Not, not a serial killer. That's <laughs> well, you could be. Um, the young girl in high school then, because obviously this story, so for anybody who doesn't know, this story is about, uh, it's a body swap horror comedy about a deranged serial killer who body swaps with a young girl in high school and they have 24 hours to swap back before it becomes permanent. Oh, wow. This sounds great. I what mean, a, exactly. Right. So what I would say is forget the serial killer angle in this, because anybody who doesn't think this is a slasher flick mixed with a body swap comedy uh, is just not really grasping it, to be honest with you. I think it is, this film is a genuine delight. It really is. It's got all the blood and gore that you would expect from like a mid-level horror, I would say. You know, there's nothing too bad. I think you would be okay with it, Stuart. I know you're not yeah. a huge fan, but I think you would be okay. Not too um, much tomato sauce here. Yeah, I think you're right. But there is enough to keep us horror fans happy as well. And also... I think one of the great things about this, the horror angle in Freaky, is that it's so self-aware of itself. It is metatextualizing itself in the same way that Scream did back in the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it's it's getting where it's at. That's in, the thing. Yeah, it totally understands the world it lives in. And yeah. it's, you know, it's self-referencing things. That's as well. Um, so, it, But it's much more up to date. It's got a bit of a zip to it. It's got some sassiness to the characters as well. Um, it allows them to play in the sandpit of horror films, but it also allows them to reference other horror films and TV shows as well. Because as I said, you know, it's, nice. it's well-written it is very much aware of itself. I mean, I could have watched an entire slasher flick based based just on that premise alone, you know, yeah. like, like Scream, but updated sort of. Um, however, I'm kind of pleased I didn't because the other brilliant element to Freaky is its body swap comedy angle. So think back to those classic body swap comedies like Big 17 again, Vice oh, Versa, yes. you know, all of these, right? Think of Face those. Off. <laughs> that's a slightly different uh body swap comma it's not a comedy, body not just the face yeah that's a different story really um <laughs> and you kind of you, you know you think about films like that you kind of have a sense of what this film is doing in terms of body swapping the teenager and the adult i, I genuinely hmm. haven't laughed at vince vaughn this much in a long time it's been a while since he's done a good one. Yes. It? I was thinking the other day yeah. that, I, you know, I continue to see him in films uh, and 
it feels like he's become a parody of himself to a certain degree, you know. Um, I mean, to me, Swingers is one of the all-time great 90s films and one of the all-time great films about men trying to get over breaking up with a girl. Um, and I've yeah. always been a big fan of Vince Vaughn, but I think here he is hilarious. I mean, his performance as Millie in the body of the butcher was <laughs> hysterical and i was in i was just crying with tears of of laughter it was so good he he styles it up brilliantly he's got the sass down as well i just had an absolute blast watching this character but the, you know the same can be said for Catherine newton's performance as the butcher in the body of millie okay so yeah. th- this is a tough <laughs> brutal killer trying not to get annoyed at high school girls talking about Instagram and sex and outfits. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm just telling you it and you're laughing. Watching it is even funnier. It was it was so much fun. It was it was tear inducing in a really good way. Um, you know, I, I, I just like the idea of a film that defies the conventions of the genre that it operates in. But what happens when you have a film that defies conventions in two opposing genres, the thing is, it can go spectacularly bad. And we've seen that quite a lot, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, it can, yes. Or it can go surprisingly good. Freaky is surprisingly great. I think that's the best way. I mean, I, I genuinely nice. hope nobody misses out on this film because it's an absolute riot from start to finish. It really is. It's... You know, uh, so I have a little notebook where I write down a few notes when I'm watching the films and whatever else. And right at the top of the notebook, uh, I had written Halloween, you know, the uh, the the slasher flick from the 70s. Oh, yeah. Classic. And then further down, I had written Freaky Friday. I was going to say, is it sort of taking references from that? There you yeah. go. You see, that's partly where the thing comes from. Also, it must be noted that Halloween and Freaky Friday both star Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Um, oh yeah, of course. yeah. So you know, it's it's got that. That's what I'm saying is that instantly you kind of think, okay, this is a horror film, and then later on you think, no, no, this is a comedy, but it's not. It's all of those. You know, horror comedy is such a good genre. Shaun of the Dead being the greatest. Um, oh yes, th- this is this is a really good film. It is, and I'm going to do some puns here for you, Stuart, because I know you like oh, a here pun. We here we go. This movie is all killer and no filler. Lovely. Or oh, you like it. Oh, should oh. that not be Snapchat filler? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, do, do they, they don't work, oh, do they? Yes. They're not good. Then no, that's, no. no, that's all right. That. Yeah, okay, thanks. First one you... was good. Second one, no. No, right. No. <laughs> I'm not going to like that one. Right. Okay. That's fine. No. I went too far. I get it. Listen, you're the, you're the punk <laughs> king here. That's fine. But look, freaky. I had a freakingly good time with this. Freakingly good. Based on a true story as well. It, right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so where is this out in cinemas? So this is in cinemas. Yeah. Um, it got delayed from last year. Um, and the great thing about it, seeing it in the cinema is two things. When you see a horror film in the cinema, because it's so dark, you get immersed in it and you do get oh, yeah. those, those great jump scares. When jump scares are done good, great. Freaky does it very well. But also, when it's funny, the rest of the people in the cinema are laughing hysterically as well. So you get that wonderful blend where everybody's focused on it. And I think putting this film in the cinemas has, has 
done wonders for it. it well, it will do wonders for it, I, I think. You know, I hope people do catch it because it is genuinely good. Uh, not good, great. I really enjoyed this. I had such a good blast with it. Awesome. Laughing in the same room as other people. That's what we need. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what we need right now. Great stuff. Uh, what else we got? Uh, so we've got a foreign language film. Which uh, okay. we haven't done these for a while, to be honest with you. No, normally, it's been a while, isn't it? yeah, normally they come out around Oscars time, and you know we're normally inundated with uh, this is this is uh, France's entry into foreign language uh, category, and this is Germany's and whatever else. Um, w- w- they've all sort of been pushed back. Anyway, we have a film mm. called Another Round. Now, this is actually, well, supposedly based on a true academic research. Okay. Now, listen okay. to this story. This, this is the story of the film. It's about four friends who are all high school teachers. They desire, decide to test a theory that will improve their lives by maintaining a constant level of alcohol in their blood. Wow. These guys should be knighted. <laughs> uh, what a fantastic research initiative. There's Where do be, I sign up? There's going to be a lot of people listening to this thinking, I'm already <laughs> doing that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, there we go. I wrote the paper on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the first thing to say about Another Round is that it is not a film about how alcohol can destroy your life. You know, it is not a film that is going to make you stop and think at all um, about the perils of alcoholism. Instead, it's a fun Rather hilarious look at four guys who think they can become better at their jobs by being drunk, really. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. th- this is I why mean, I I'm say... I'm interested to actually find out the results. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't find them out in the film, but that's not the point of the film. Um, I think Mads Mikkelsen, who plays the central character here, and the other guys do make it look like a heck of a lot of fun. Mickelson plays uh, this guy called Martin, who he believes has become boring. His teaching style is boring. His family life is boring. He just feels (laughs) like he's completely boring. But when he has a drink or 10, uh, he becomes the life and soul of the party. There are some wild scenes where Martin and his mates overrun a bar with their drunken antics. Very funny to watch. (laughs) Very funny. A drunk Mads Mickelson is always very good. Oh, yes. Um, The real stuff kind of comes a bit later because when the four men decide to monitor their alcohol intake every day and see how they work under certain levels of influence. So as you can imagine, some of it works, whereas other times it goes completely off the rails, including Martin dancing in the staff room, topping up his coffee in inverted (laughs) commas, okay, um, and then dancing out. But then he hits his head on the door frame just as he's leaving. It is funny. It's, it, you know, it's moments like that in the film that make it so entertaining. It really does. As I said, the, 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 the film is not about alcoholism. OK, does it have a message about being drunk? It's kind of difficult to decide, really. But I think Thomas Vinberg, who co-wrote and directed the film, is much more interested in having four men just get drunk and having a really good time doing it, especially at an age where possibly some of us will feel like life has sucked you dry and you've become something you promised yourself you probably wouldn't be, which is boring. That's what Martin is talking about. I'm boring. (laughs) promised myself I would never be this. Um, 
I think, look, another round had me smiling all the way through it. It had me howling with laughter at times as well. Mads Mikkelsen once again demonstrates how good an actor he is being able to seamlessly blend boring to raging drunk and hilarious. Um, (laughs) Every shade in between. Yeah, absolutely. And if I haven't sold the film to you enough, see it. For the final 10 minutes, which has one of the most magical musical numbers I've seen starring drunk people. Oh, wow. Even and... better than that time you went down the robin. <laughs> Even better than that. <laughs> Let me tell you, that it's a musical number. And when we're all allowed back out to party and go to clubs and whatever else, this is going to be the new dance style. People are going to be copying Mads <laughs> Mikkelsen's dance moves in this film to the T because he's got the moves. He really has. Fantastic. So this is, uh, what language are we in? So this, this is Danish. This is a Danish. Danish movie. with subtitles. Yes. Or overdubbed. Yes. Uh, no, sub- I don't I, I don't think there is a dub version. I just saw the subtitled version. That was it. So um, I don't think yeah. there's a dub version, but, uh, you know. As always, doesn't matter. You you'll get used to it. Exactly as as Bong Joon Ho, the director of Snowpiercer and Oscar-winning Parasite, said, "Once you can get over those uh, two-inch letterings at the bottom of your screen, you're into a whole new world of cinema." Yes, agreed. This sounds great. So another round out of our world worth of charts. Um, we've got two more films to do, so um, you can uh, teach me that dance move. I'll go get another round. <laughs> right. Let's get ready because I want you to do this within three minutes. <laughs> it's on. With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. It's Film Reviews and Movie News. Mark Searby still with me. What have we got left, Mark? So let's talk about films that are on DVD and Blu-ray this week. We'll start with an Oscar winner. They're all coming around now, aren't they, these Oscar winners? Um, Yeah, they're out now. That's it. They are, absolutely. Uh, Done their bit on the Oscar run. They've been on the red carpet. Some of them have got little statues, some of them haven't. Minari, which is the film we're now talking about, did get uh, an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Now, this is a story about an American-Korean family who moved to Arkansas in the U.S. to start a farm. Oh, Hmm. as as we've all done. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I think the best, delicate is the word best to describe Minari, I think. Okay. A delicate little film that I think has got huge emotion. So, you know, this is the type of film that slowly draws you in before you realise, hang on. I'm really invested in these characters and you care for every single one of them as well. Um, it's it's a quiet yeah. start to the film. We're introduced to Jacob and his wife, Monica, and their two children. They've just arrived at their static home in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas. They've got vast acres. Um, Monica is not that impressed with the living arrangements. Um, she, <laughs> she's got a few grumbles about it, but she thinks that Jacob is trying the best for her and the kids. We kind of we, we see this family that are making the best of what they have, and you know, considering they have very little, they're certainly enjoying themselves a heck of a lot in this film. Uh, we have David, who is the youngest child. He, he just loves his dad. He loves 
being in the fields with his dad. He loves discovering things with his dad. He loves it. He's an explorer, basically. Yeah. That's the thing. He loves being out. Whereas Anne, who's the daughter and the, the oldest child, she's really into technology and she's really annoyed she's been pulled away from all of her friends and the ability to communicate with them. Now, the film is set in the 1980s. Okay, so all right. instant communication it was very much in its infancy, certainly in yeah. this film. So, you know, no, no texting or anything else like Didn't that. Didn't get all that. Snake yeah. was about it, wasn't it? A Tetris. <laughs> a Tetris, I think that was about <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So you can see that, you know, she wanted to communicate with them, but the ways that she would normally be used to didn't exist at all. Um, but the, the rest of the family don't care about that because they are just so consumed by making a go of it. They they want to live the American dream. I think that's the best way of saying it. You know, they're after oh, the American right, yeah. dream. They want to make it a reality. I, I think the film is beautifully written. So natural, without any forced moments. It is ultimately an immigration story that obviously still holds up to this day. It's a story about mm. making the best of what you have. It's a story about making sure you provide for your kids. It's also a story about rekindling affection as well. There, there is so much going off in Minari, but mm. not that you would know it because, as I said, it's a slow film. It's, it's yeah, just they packed a lot of family life into yeah, this little film. and you kind of don't think you're being hit with all of this emotional heft. Until much later on where you go, oh, right, okay, okay. But it's the type of film that you can sink into. It's a very relaxing watch. It's it's like experiencing, it's almost like a documentary, like a day in the life of. That's yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't, it, Stephen Yun, who plays Jacob, is probably the most well-known actor in here. Um, I think most might know him from the Walking Dead TV show. I mean, he's outstanding. Oh, yes. Absolutely outstanding as Jacob, a very softly spoken man. He's got a heart of gold. It genuinely would help anybody in in their time of need. And I think when you're playing somebody like that, you need somebody who is able to restrain themselves in their performance. And I think Stephen Young really does that very well. I think he's aided hmm. very nicely by the rest of the cast. As I said, the the grandma who turns up a bit later on to look after the kids, um, she, uh, forgive me, I've completely forgotten uh, the woman's name. Um, she won an Oscar for her performance. Um, Mrs. O. S. The Moon. I'm looking at the wrong. Uh, I, as I said, I completely forgotten. Her name. Completely, yeah, gone <laughs> blank on it. Uh, wonderful performance there. I mean, deserving of the Oscar. Even better when she accepted it and she got to meet Brad Pitt. Um, she loved that. If you see <laughs> the video online, I'm diverting here. Anyway, um, I just think you know the whole movie is one to revel in. You know, it 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 pulls at the heartstrings. It also it's it's a movie that you're going to be smiling all the way through. Of it's it's just a hugely engaging movie and it's got so much heart to it. And I just, I just had such a blast watching this as well. It's such a wonderful movie. Really is. A nice watch for a change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, there are a couple of peril moments, um, Mm. that really do hit you hard. But that's because you're so invested in the characters even more that you think, oh, I can't believe that this is happening to them. They're just such a nice family. So there are moments. It's not just like you're like, oh, these are nice people and we watch nice people for two hours. 
there, there are problems that they do experience. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so Minari out on DVD. And now for something slightly different. Slightly different, yes. Uh, we've got a film called Unearth. This is about oh. two neighbouring farm families, relationships that become strained when one of them decides to lease their land to an oil and gas company for fracking. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Yeah, oh. so we've got we've got a horror movie here about fracking. Um, it's... Or... Is it a fracking movie that is horrible, you know, a, a, a horror, basically? Um, I think it's probably a bit of both. It's a movie that tries to have its cake and eat it too. And it, it, it sort of comes out a little bit muddled. Um, we're initially introduced to these two families and you sort of watch as their relationships ebb and flow and how it affects each of them and them combined it isn't the most well-constructed piece of family origin storytelling i've seen it's much more interested in playing haunted music over the top of each character when they look like oh they could be doing something (laughs) sinister play the music um the film does offer, you know, little bits of information on certain characters and then kind of hopes that, hey, listen, you find, did you find that interesting? Okay, well, they're a little bit mysterious as well. They could There's be deranged as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. the first half an hour is a bit of a quagmire in terms of trying to get to grips with each character. Um, then the film sort of shifts into a movie about each character's mindset when the oil and gas company start turning up and, and fracking about a, a mile away, basically, and how it affects them physically and mentally as well. There's, you know, there's some interesting concepts th- during that time. I think the film starts to dig into something like the situation and how it can affect each person within one family very differently, how they're going through the same experience, but are afraid to tell one another as well, how that's affecting them as well. You know, I think there's something to be said for this portion of the film because it, it plays out like a psychological torture that has a national company, an international company, basically torturing these families you know it's, it's very much like it's worth kind of veering towards david versus goliath really okay yeah um, yeah and then weirdly when it gets to the finale the, the final third it pulls back and it becomes this strange alien body horror movie that suddenly goes let's throw everything Oh. into the movie and, and you've kind of seen it before and you, you're like, okay, well, that, but that doesn't fit with what you were saying here. And, to, you know, I, I found really the big letdown was that was the considering obviously what had gone through in the middle third, I found that final third, a real letdown, you know, the, the idea about these national conglomerates, not caring about everyday person. You're like, well, there's a good storyline that's kind of forgotten. Yeah. There's, mm. there's a strange subplot about repressed sexuality that sort of comes out of nowhere and then disappears again. Um, it's, <laughs> it's it's very much a movie of two halves. I think that's the best way to say it. You know, the, this strange horror finale and the unengaging character origins, I, I think, just greatly outweigh the real study of, you know, an oil company profiteering and steamrolling what ultimately is a multi-generational household and farms that have been in the family for for years decades if not you know a century and it, it kind of forgets that a little bit it's it, it as i said it wants to have its cake and eat it too and i think if it had focused more on the the, the angle of you know the horrors of 
um, a, a big company breaking down uh, the mental and physical aspects of these individuals that would have been such a better film than a what we can get for it. yeah we, we, we get yeah. a little bit of a messy film here i think just kind of forgot what their end was during just but, well changed I, their mind halfway it, through it's a good question I, I don't really know to be honest it, it does feel like they, they just decided this is where it's going to go and i think because it's so certainly to me it felt so disjointed that it was it was difficult for the film to gel for what yeah. it wanted to do. And I think that's where it becomes unstuck, really. So, like fracking itself, it might just be best to kind of leave it under the ground. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. unearth it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. So, Mark, what uh, can we watch on the teddy box this week? Well, I picked out a film. It's on Sunday, 8.15pm on BBC One. Yesterday. You know the film that, <clears throat> excuse oh, me, yes, you know the, the film that, uh, so it's about a young man who is uh, a musician, but he's not a very successful musician. And then one day everybody forgets the Beatles, but he doesn't. So he starts playing Beatles songs and suddenly he becomes this huge international sensation. As I said to you before, when we reviewed it a couple of years ago, was it a couple of years ago? Blimey, time passes. Was it? It was. Yeah. yeah. Um, the majority of it filmed over the border in Suffolk. As well, so it's mainly filmed there. Of course, yes. It's it's a at really latitude. Uh, yes, some of it filmed at latitude as well. Um, it's one of those sort of what if movies, but because the lead Hamish Patel, it's so entertaining and kind of fun in a sort of skittish kind of haphazard he's, way. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, it's such an entertaining movie. It is funny. It's heartfelt. It's got a, a lovely romance in it with our favourite Lily James. Ah, uh, ah, yes, yes. Um, I just really like this film. I just, you know, it's another great British film that I keep saying to you this, Stuart, is that you know the British film industry is in rude health over the past few years. We're making these films that are really entertaining, um, and you know, you just look at it and you think this is this is another one of these fantastic British films. Who cannot be? pulled in by this and just enjoy it it's a lovely film really is feel good stuff yes uh, yeah you're absolutely right that that's that's the right thing to say feel good really is definitely come for the story stay for lily james or you know otherwise uh, i mean hamish patel obviously is great but also ed sheeran's in it if that's your thing if it's not don't let that put you off he's only in it for about 10 minutes <laughs> To be fair, he's got a cracking sense of humour. What a great uh, Do you know what, actually? Yeah, do you know what? You're right there. <laughs> he is very funny in this, and I kind of do give him some leeway in that, in that there is a yeah. very good joke at his expense, which he takes very well. So yeah. all the more for that, to be honest with you. But this is a lovely film. It really is. Brilliant. When, when and where is it on? Uh, this is on Sunday, 8.15pm on BBC One. Highly recommended. Lovely stuff. And what we got to do next week, Mark? You're not going to believe this. Oh, we're going to do a Marvel film. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's been 80 years since a Marvel film in the cinema. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Black Widow, which is obviously an origin story Excellent. for Scarlett Johansson's character. Uh, yes. We're also going to be talking about a biopic of Tove. It's called Tove. It's about Tove Janssen, who was the artist and storyteller behind. The Moomins. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that. Then on DVD and Blu-ray, we're going to be talking about Wild Mountain Time. And that is spelt <laughs> T-H-Y-M-E. Now, you're laughing oh, already. Okay. Trust me. This is a film you will not want to miss. You will not want to miss our reviews because there is something in this film. No, no, I'm not going to spoil it anymore. No, no, tune in next week. Okay. And then also (laughs) on DVD and Blu-ray, we're also going to be talking about Crazy Samurai 400 versus 1. Can you guess? Can you guess what that is? I would say it's probably 1 Samurai versus 400 Samurai. If you're going to be a samurai, that is how you do it. It is. Absolutely. Go, absolutely. I don't care if it's 400 of you. I can take you <laughs> with one sword. So um, a, <laughs> a very eclectic mix next week. Very eclectic. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome stuff. So uh, how are you finding this, um, this, this body alcohol thing we're trying for this half? I think we're operating at maximum velocity here. And I've only had seven pints. <laughs> we have reached the peak. <laughs> See you next week, Mark. Cheers. Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby.